Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 143 of the Apolog Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Hebb. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash Apolog. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So download your free audiobook and get your 30-day free trial today by going to audibletrial.com slash Apolog. Hey, Amazon shoppers, do you like shopping on Amazon? Do you like this show? Do you want to support the show by shopping on Amazon? You can do that. If you're from Canada, go to appalog.ca slash Amazon. Or if you're from the United States, you can go to appalog.ca slash US Amazon. If you type in that URL, you'll be transported magically, magically to Amazon. And then from there, when you shop, you just make sure you... Um, always use that URL so you can bookmark it. And every time you shop, you'll be supporting the show. And it is a very helpful thing for this podcast to have this going on, the Amazon affiliate program. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you can go to appalog.ca and click on those links on the right side. You locate your country, Canada, USA, or the UK. Book, like I said, bookmark them. Cost you no extra money. If you want to support the show on a monthly basis, you can go to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees. I have hosting and I have gas fees and Patreon and the patrons that are a part of it help the show out a lot. If you want to buy a t-shirt, go to appalog.ca slash shop. And also I have um, my old band Foursquare's discography there. There's 72 something songs for $20. Hey, that'd be great if you did that. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate the review on the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Pod, And follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have Scotty Newlands, who is... He's an actor, he's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's a, he's a swell guy, and he's got a good heart, and we had a nice, long, nice, nice conversation talking about what it's like to be an actor in Canada, and what it's like to be an actor, period, and what it's like to be a musician, and being a Canadian musician, you have to kind of, you got to kind of move things around, and you're always going to try and find a new way to get in there, and we talk about that. So everybody, here's my new friend, Scotty Newlands on the Apple Lock Podcast. Scotty Newlands is you're an actor. Yes, I'm. You're a musician. You are. Uh, what else do you do? Uh, well, I'm a former reserve or Army Reserve officer. Uh, I was a, a public affairs officer, but I was mostly known as the singing soldier uh, for the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs, the Blue Jays, Raptors, FC, and uh, now as a civilian, I actually am the official home game anthemist for the Toronto Rock lacrosse team. So that's uh, quite quite an honor to, to be with them. And I've been with them since 2013. So uh, yeah, it's a, a lot of fun. But yeah, other than that, I also work as a karaoke host um, mm -hmm. twice a week. And uh, I've got my own web and graphics business for 
uh, smaller projects and such. So, yeah. So as, a, as an artist and as an as a actor, musician, Canadian, all of those put together, you always have to sort of um, push out into different boundaries because you're not always just going to be a musician and you're not always going to be an actor. Sometimes yeah. you need to sort of, you know, mix around a little bit. We're not, you know, we, they say like places like Toronto and, and Vancouver is like Hollywood North, mm -hmm. but not really. I mean, we're such a small country <laughs> by comparison, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, we, we've had a lot of great, um, exports and, and imports, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, there's, there, there's not anywhere near, um, the same in uh, in Canada as what there is either certainly down south or even across the pond. So mm -hmm. we have to be cognizant of what we're doing and stick to sort of you know stick uh, play within our own lane, shall shall we speak? And just you know work to be the best we can and and you know just put out great product, whether it's music or uh, film, TV, theater, that sort of thing. We're not really at a disadvantage as we were say twenty or thirty years ago when we had like. We really needed Canadian content. We needed something to stop the industry from sort of steamrolling north. Um, I think we can hold our own now based on what Canadian content has provided. Do you think do you think we still kind of need it in, in Can Canadian culture, this Canadian content rule, law, whatever they call it? I Well, I, th I think you, you hit on an important part there. It's uh, that the, the need for CanCon or Canadian content isn't anywhere near as prevalent as it used to be because we have been making such great um, lengths at, at what we've done. And, and we have been putting not just, you know, Canadian content on the map, but good content. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And we have some incredible actors, actresses, musicians, uh, film directors, you name it, that are coming out of, you know, the, you know, the great, great country we live in. And yes it's great to say oh they're canadian and that makes it canadian content well no it's just it, it just happens to be you know one, one of the selling points is it's great material and oh yeah it just happens to be that this person is from canada it's mm -hmm. not that we have to put that made in canada logo across it it's it, we i think we've gotten past that it's not like we, we have to make this as a a travel and a tourism uh commercial every time we release something and say, Hey, look, you know, and, uh, it is important certainly as, you know, as musicians, such as we have to have certain amount of Canadian content in order for it to go under certain categories. But I don't think that sort of brands you as to whether you are, you know, one type of artist or the other. I mean, there's a lot of people you'll hear and you'll say, that's really great. And they say, Hey, by the way, did you know that they're from Hamilton or did you know that they're from Toronto or know that they're from Vancouver? And then you'll say, oh, wow, that sounds really crappy. And they say, oh, yeah, well, did you know that he's from Hamilton? Did you know he was from Toronto? Do you know he was from Vancouver? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, with what you said in the last 20 years that, yes, we have made such great um, leaps in what we've done that there's no longer that sort of uh, prevalent stigma that we have to always identify ourselves as being Canadian artists. Yeah. In the industry, too, the music industry is a global industry now, so... Um, if you're from Sudbury, you can release a record and have a very big hit in other countries faster than you could say 20 years ago. So that turns us into, it doesn't matter if you're Canadian, American, European, um, anything, you know, it just means that you're putting out music and now it has this sort of platform, which is global as opposed to like regional, which, you know, obviously 
40 years ago, it was like there was a region of bands that were like a regional thing that stayed in that region. And now it's sort of like there's still that, but at the same time, it's much easier to sort of pop out of that region and go elsewhere and have if like drum and bass or um, any type any type of other music other than just like pop music, you can actually find your niche. And it's not just in your region. It's it's in the network that is that type of music. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's no longer just that you're you're playing, as you said, to, to your region or, or what have you. It's not community or, you know, just folky or what have you. This is this is major label and professional quality and whatever it is. And, you know, it, it, anybody can have a studio in their basement and do this now. And and uh, the expertise and the the instructional uh, technique that we have here rivals anything uh, in any other country and so it doesn't matter and and with the the age of the internet you can collaborate with anybody all over the world instantaneously and record or uh, produce or edit or whatever it is you need to do and so uh, there's really no global boundaries that sort of um, sh shall we say separate us from from our our big brothers in the south or you know our our our, our allies across the pond so it's a it's just it's one of those things where it, it i don't think our geographical boundaries or borders are are any sort of definition of as to who we are as as artists mm -hmm. so where did you where did you grow up uh, i grew up in scarborough in Ontario, uh, yeah, went to went to a high school here in in the city, and uh, was a musician, um, a clarinet player for many many years, and did instrumental music all through high school, and then after that went off to York University. What years? And, um, for high school? No, uh, university. University. I enrolled in uh, 1998, I do believe. And uh, I was in the theater studies program, as well as a, a multimedia program in there from 98 until 2003. So it was a five-year program that I did in which time I learned uh, all of the facets of theater, whether it's the from the performance realm all the way to uh, management, administration, uh, production, all the rest, building TV flats. It was a very, very humbling and, and great experience so that you learn both sides of the curtain, shall we say. Yep. And uh, it was, you, you really gain an appreciation for what goes in to a production. It's not just about the person that walks across the stage and, and does their thing. If, uh, you know, if, if the lights don't go on, show doesn't go. If the curtain doesn't go up, the show doesn't go. It's a it's a team effort. It's never it's never a solo, and um, it was just something that I, I never had a hard time believing that before. But just knowing all of the uh, intricacies that uh, that played a part in putting a production together was really great. And uh, I did uh, multimedia and web design and such, and so that is what sort of put me in good stead now uh, to sort of keep in touch with with people and uh, whenever they have a need for say. Um, moderate video production requirements or audio production, then it gives me something to to keep my foot in the door on their side. And usually I try to help fellow actors or, or artists and such that maybe wouldn't have the ability to, you know, go to, to the big firms to do this. And so it becomes more of either a collaboration or just some way to, you know, maybe uh, meet meet new people or make make connections on on that end. So it's just it's just to keep keep me tied in together and sort of keep me sane while I'm waiting for the next uh, the next gig, whatever it could be. 
Yeah, you know, you don't know this, but I worked at York University between 2006 and 2015. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we know a lot of the same people, like Cameron Moore. So. Yes. He was uh, he was my boss when I first started oh, there. Yeah, I never actually uh, worked directly with him, but certainly, you know, we we I I knew of him as a as a student when I was yeah. there. So Peter McKinnon. Yeah. Oh yes, Peter. he just retired, I think. Did he? Yeah. He he was, or and I'm sure still is, uh, a force to be reckoned with. And uh, you you he's a no a no BS sort of guy, and he calls it the way he sees it. And I I couldn't have thanked him more for what he instilled in us as as students, and knowing that you know it's it's all about the team, and it's what goes into it. And he, it, I, th I think one of the one of the greatest lessons was the the very first day of um of class with him and he said all right everybody look to your left look to your right look in front of you and look behind you now those people that you just looked at will not be in this program next year oh. and you and you could have heard a pin drop it was a great leveling ground just to set the tone for the year and this was these are all first years so it was a uh, it was a very very cool thing and um to have to have some great instructors like that that weren't just you know praising you and 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 sort of sending you out you know for the wolves afterwards it was uh they they meant what they said and they they truly did believe in their students and what what you got you deserved or you you know needed to to work harder and some of my greatest mentors came out of the the, the york university theater program amazing yeah i didn't yeah you see, uh, I don't know much about other theater programs like Ryerson or U of T or whatever, but I know that York is very based on practicum and very based on um, practical application as opposed to theory. They had theory. They had, uh, you know, all that other thing. But the, mm -hmm. the production part of it was pretty good. And the when I first started there in 2006, there's probably about 20 people I know that are in the industry today. And that's a mm -hmm. good number of people. When you think I probably saw five, six hundred people, and there's twenty of them still working, that's a pretty good. That's believe that's, it or not, that, that, that's a good ratio. Yeah, that's a pretty good ratio. So yeah. you know, that's a you know, there's some really good people. And my my uh, coworker and I would look at, at each other on certain students and go, I would work for that person, you know, because we will yeah. one day we'll be work, working for some of these people, you know, and yeah. sure enough, there's people who come up and they they hire people, and it could, you know what I mean, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's in the in the years that I've been doing this, I never know who I'm going to run into, where I'm going to run into them, and why I'm going to mm -hmm. connect with them. Sometimes it's you know we're auditioning for the same part. Other times they could be the casting support, mm -hmm. the people that are actually helping to hire you. Yeah. Other times they could be tech, and you know we all did the same pro program or, or courses together, and so we all go off and and forge our own path, shall we say? And it's. Uh, I'm just I'm very very lucky that uh, I was able to have that experience and certainly I've tried to take what I learned there and apply that to my to my craft whether it's as a as a you know as an actor or as a musician or even as a technical person in whatever sort of facet I'm I'm, I'm involved with. Yeah, and being in the reserves probably having some military training that must be a a neat sort of that's a sort of a different view at very much so. Uh, you know, so you, artists and, you know, when people, you know, when you think, you look, there's two sides and people want to be arty and be free-spirited mm -hmm. and do what they want to do. But then your other side of your life is stand still, stand straight, 
um, make your bed right. You know, all these other things that are like artists are like, yeah, screw that. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, that that's sort of something that people ask me all the time is they say, how, how can you, you know, be in the military and then also be an artist or a performer. And, you know, as, as you, as you just touched on, it's two completely polar opposites. And, uh, my, my only uh, response to that is the basic is that fact that being in the military, I was in cadets before that as well, has kept me grounded. It keeps me centered. It keeps me focused. So that becomes my grounding. That becomes my, um, my, my centering whenever I'm doing something as an actor. So if I ever feel that I'm getting off keel or I don't know where I'm going or I need to sort of reset and recycle myself back, I, I would rely on that. Also, if things were going completely haywire in a rehearsal, I was usually the person to try to bring some order so that we can continue and, and move on. And in the music side, I know that I have no problems speaking certainly with authority, anybody in any sort of uh, administrative role. Uh, there's the the fir firm, fair and friendly, you know, the three Fs we, we abide by. And so when it came to negotiations of any sort of uh, business or contractual matter, I have no problem. I mean, if I can speak to, you know, colonels and captains and generals, oh my, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's nothing for me to to then speak to a CEO or anything like that and and ask about um, what's what's in my best interest as a performer, and being a public affairs representative, certainly I had the camera in my face more often than not, and that was great for an actor because they knew that because I was an actor that I was comfortable in front of a camera and if I had a microphone in my face and I was asked stuff off the cuff, well, oh yeah, I taught improv in high school, so okay, this is just another. Mm -hmm example of that. It's another facet. It's performance, but it's performance with a very specific messaging behind it. And so um, certainly the the past commanders were happy with me being on camera and not having to be primped and preened, so to speak. And uh, and it's worked and it worked very well for me so far, certainly, you know, as a as a performer. So if I do a show or if I had to do uh, any sort of appearance and then some of the hard questions were asked and certainly um, when I was being asked about things when I was still in uniform um, uh, the Afghanistan campaign was of course quite um, quite prevalent and so there were some hard questions that were asked and they want sometimes reporters want to rattle you and and see what they can get out and as uh, you know I've referred to it before if, as long as you stay in your lane you can't go wrong you never speculate you never uh, make things personal but if you are professional in the way you address them you don't attack you never um come back and and try to lash out which you know a lot of artists will say you know well you're you're infringing on my you know my rights or um you know i, I i'm i'm emotionally distraught well you don't have time to do that when you're wearing a uniform it's uh you know lives are at stake and certainly all of our uh, first responders and such can can relate to that so if you don't know the answer you don't say no comment you say i will get back to you yeah. You never want to deflect. You never want to um, give them any reason to doubt the credibility and sincerity of which you are actually um, delivering. And I try to bring that to the stage, to film, to the studio, and um, you know, to to live live performance, whatever I'm doing. Yeah, I find that artistic type people like to uh, bait other people into arguments, and they try to. You know, <laughs> I, I'm getting older. It's a, it's a psych out. Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes. mean, it's it's yeah. like. 
because if they're angry, they want you to be as angry as they are. So <laughs> it's easier for them to drag you down to their level than yeah. it is for them to come up to yours. Yeah. So, be, yeah, which is a victory in my opinion. You know, like <laughs> when someone, you know, as I get older, you know, I'm 47. You know, I, when I was 27, if someone tried the same crap with me, I would say, uh, okay, well, uh, now we're in it. But as 20 <laughs> years have gone by, I've, I've slowly learned that uh, they kill them with kindness and... Uh, Life's too short. And don't give them the the bait that they're yeah. they're throwing out and don't or don't take that bait and, and just let it let it roll because it's a victory as far as I'm concerned as if that's the way it's going to be if you're disagreeing with certain things and artistic people disagree all the time about things mm-hmm. you and have there's to nothing, yeah. no, there's, there's nothing wrong with that i mean it, there's you agree to disagree but there's creative differences there's uh, respect between um, you know strong conviction for an idea but there's also a certain point where you either have to say, okay, I'm on this side, you're on that side, and we're not going to find, you know, a common ground, or you need to have a moderator or a mediator to basically come in and, and make a choice for you. So mm-hmm. you can't, um, you know, you can't beat a horse to death more than once. And it's the ultimate form of respect towards the other person by saying, you have your opinion, mm-hmm. go forth with that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I respect it. it. I don't have to, you know, uh, carry it out or execute it, but you know, good mm-hmm. on you for having that and sticking to your to your guns and your convictions. But yeah. I also have mine, and for the same reason, I feel that way. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Because I've found it's hard as because I'm a musician and I've put out records and I've dealt with record labels and I've dealt with industry folks. And what I came to the conclusion is, is that maybe I'm not that good at it. I'd be good if I was a manager for a group because I tour manage, and if someone is getting the raw end of the or bad, but you know, you know, wrong end of the you know, of the stick, then I will make exactly. sure that they get exactly what they are contractually, you know. Uh, right. So, so you fight, for, yeah, you fight for what's, what's right. And, and the, and their, um, their sort of ter- terms and conditions and yeah. making sure that everybody is being traded fair and equitably. And, tr- and the problem with being your own, are you, you're kind of your own manager, right? Well, I actually do have uh, official management and representation now and yeah. it's, it is good, but I, I still do handle, uh, a number of things on my own, and certainly mm-hmm. we we work more more or less as a partnership. Yeah. He he respects my ability to uh, stick handle, shall we say, mm-hmm. a lot of my own events and and uh, and engagements, and then for other things he will he will get involved. But we're it's always a, a discussion. Yeah, it's, it's tricky we're... because if you got to wear several hats as a as a musician mm-hmm. slash manager slash. Um, you know, anything. Promoter, that, yes. Yeah. So when it's tough to put change the hats and people to realize that they physically are changing these hats. Like, this is my hat now where I have to go get all the water and all the towels and all the things. <laughs> I'm going to take that hat off and I'm going to put this hat on that makes I'm sure I'm the person right. playing music. So yeah. for me, I found it tr- terribly difficult to balance it all. Because when I was, it was my band, I was like, we're in right. Europe somewhere and I'm telling everybody in my band, like, we leave at this time. And they're like, okay, mom. Like, right. no, no, I'm no, serious. No, no, yeah, nobody takes you seriously. Yeah, uh, because you're the guy in the band that, you know, we all had beers last night, but there's time yeah. to get down to business. And, and yeah. you know, so I found it very, very difficult to, to juggle and balance. And, and even today, I mean, I mean, obviously you know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a tricky, right. tricky balance because you don't want to be that person like, oh, he's hard to work with or, or he's right. a real pushover. Like, these are all... Yeah, you don't want to be the buzzkill, but you also don't want to be that, you know, dictator 
type guy that nobody either nobody takes seriously or nobody wants to work with. Mm-hmm. And especially as, as a musician, you, I mean, we all know people that are great, great musicians, but y- you couldn't pay us enough to work with them again. And then others that it's like, yeah, this is the greatest guy, you know, invite him to a barbecue, go out for a beer, but he's about as reliable as, <laughs> you know, my, uh, toilet paper made of, you know, you know what? So yeah. it's like, okay. So you say, well, do you find the happy medium? Do you uh, completely separate yourself so that you don't have to separate the the personal from the professional? Do you have a third party come in to make those calls? Only, you know, th- there is no right or wrong answer. What it comes yeah. down to is whatever the the situation requires at that time. Yeah. And money usually dictates all of that stuff because if you yes. have the greatest musicians in the world, but they're all dicks, then you yes. can put them in a different <laughs> van and you can go in a different van and you'll have to deal with them. But they're great musicians, right. you know, and I've done festivals where the artist comes in, the band's all just a bunch of people who happen to know how to play all the music. They go one, two, three, they play, and then everybody just goes their separate ways. And it's almost like you can see them all just like, they don't want to be there. No. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. The some of the times that I, I've played, I've hired the band, so they don't really know me. They've got my tracks or, or music ahead of time, and they're it's a job for them. So it's not like I'm going to be going out and doing the after party with them. They the check cleared as far as they're concerned. They went in, they do their job. It's a punch in, play, punch out, pull pin, and and go. Yeah, and it's it's not bad. It's not good. It's just it's what that um situation required at that time yeah and um you know i'm i'm trying to get back into the the band mentality but being a solo performer it's right now for me it comes down to what does my art require does it require a set band does it require session musicians does it require an orchestra to come in do i require a pan flute you know like mm-hmm. it's it's whatever it's the medium itself the medium will dictate what i need in the way of personnel and that's a very military answer i'm sure (laughs) um and and i and it has helped me in a lot of ways and it keeps not just it keeps me grounded but it's also kept me um on track in a lot of ways because i will not deviate from my standard operating procedure or what i put out as a preliminary and yeah when you said people saying oh yeah okay mom well i I got called different things when I was telling people what was going on when they see the the schedule and break down and what's going to go on. They say, you know, this is just a two night gig why you know, whatever. It's like, no, not whatever. It's, it's indemnif- indemnification on both sides. And they go, and then what? It's like, right. So, <laughs> yeah. There as you a, go. As yeah. a tour manager, it's always good to know exactly what you're doing down to the hour because mm-hmm. they'll ask you. And then uh, see, the problem is, is that as a tour manager, if they have a bunch of stuff to do, you need that list. Because it's mm-hmm. like at three o'clock you're meeting these people, at four o'clock you're doing this, and then at one o'clock you're eating, and then then the sound check is this, and then you're on stage, and then we're in the door, and then we meet and greet, and then we get in the car and we leave. So for me to get into that motion of stuff, because I mm-hmm. I used to work for um I used to work for a band called Sum Forty One, and I was oh, really I, yeah I was their first tour manager. Oh my god! So gosh. I toured all over United States and Canada with them, and then. I took like a five or six year break to play music and came back to it, started working for a country band. And I tell you, it was like, oh yeah, all of these things. Oh uh-huh. my gosh. No, it's all starting to, you know, you know, circulate into that. Oh, now and then the repetition and then you get to know the people. And for me, as a tour manager working with musicians, it's all I'm all about I like the hang. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of people that 
sort of put their agenda upon onto the musicians, say, you're going to do all these things because this is what you have to do. But I like the sort of the give and take thing and then the partnership of it all. And, you know, and I'm sure there has to be, yeah, there has to be room for compromise. I mean, there have to be some hard and fast and sort of, you know, lines drawn in the sand. But if you're, if you're in a rock and you're not a rock in a good way, but just an unmovable object Mm -hmm. that has no flexibility, then there's going to be an issue because no show, no tour, no day, no venue is going to be perfect. Things are going to go on. There has to there has to be room for contingency. There has to be room for um, personal allowance, whether it's you know a health issue, whether it's a travel issue, whether hey the guy had too many beer last night and we need to you know redo the set list because he can't get the high G tonight. Like you know mm-hmm. there has to be some forgiveness. There has to be room for give or take within certain parameters, and I think that's what makes a good tour manager or that's what makes a good um uh team you know team exactly absolutely because there there are some hard and fasts that if you break that that no there's there's no uh there's no turning back but there's compromise and i think that's really what you have to you have to examine and say how um how bad is this Mm -hmm. or how how much have we deviated from what our our center is can we get back is there a workaround um ultimately what's still going to make sure that this venue goes up yeah and this this, um this event is is gonna you know happen these are all things that i think you have your primary your secondary your tertiary once you get down to yeah okay well he's you know he he had chili last night so we just want to make sure the audience isn't downwind of him we're going to (laughs) turn him slightly sideways and that's fine and change the lights because he sort of looks like death warmed over i mean like it's when it gets down to cosmetic and things like that then you know you can have some fun with it you can do whatever but if the if the group you're working with is amenable i think that is a far better arrangement than you know everyone setting their ways one way or or you know just a complete jello mold you know falling apart the other side yeah. so and yeah. re- it's respect and trust too absolutely if you respect and trust the people you work with and for um there's a lot of things you can do and there's a lot of things that get a pass you know and uh that's just i'm amazed i'm amazed what gets passed with uh with certain things especially when you hear oh this won't happen this can't happen you're gonna be you know on contract it's like yeah well life happens and so there's really no choice in the matter this wasn't a purposeful you know uh you know as we say a self-inflicted wound no this was just happenstance this was circumstance so you know hey yeah you work with it and you figure it out so you as a you as a musician you You've had records out, and mm-hmm. but what I mean, uh, you told me a little bit when we first met, but you sort of do like what adult contemporary? Do you do pop? Do you do all sorts of like what's your your spread? Uh, well, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, so I'm basically, um, I the the stuff that has been commercially released uh, was was pop, adult contemporary, and also uh, CHR or your contemporary hit radio. So. Um, that is the sort of market we were playing towards and trying to figure out uh the our our market and our demographic within there and so there was there 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 have been some 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 great cuts and that sort of thing but uh, of course there's so much other uh competition out there and you just have to try to find your own path within there and 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 you know carve a niche but it's it's stuff that speaks to me it's uh, as i would say very family friendly um you know positive orientation type of thing uh i don't go for 
anything sort of avant-garde or shocking or that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's just good music. And that's what I try to write. And there's no real um, model that I, I follow specifically. I mean, certainly um, you could, you, you, when you listen to a lot of my stuff, you could say, oh, there, there's a certain format that I follow in the way I, I say, put a song together but it's not as though I'm trying to do a cookie cutter and say, oh, it's gotta be this, it's gotta be this, it's gotta be this. It's, does it fit the music? Does the music fit the emotion? Do the lyrics fit everything together? And if it doesn't, well, then you're back to the drawing board and you gotta, you gotta figure it out. And certainly when I released my, um, my major album, uh, Starting Over, which was uh, put out through Universal Music Canada, um, it, uh, certain things were going on in my life that, I, I sort of look back on now and say, okay, it's, that was an historical representation of what was going on in my life at that point. And would I write the same stuff now? Probably not just because life has gone on and, and you, you either move on from certain things or you, you know, pervert, lick your proverbial wounds and, and do what you need to do. Or you just sort of laugh about it and say, well, I was stupid. And you go and you write something else. Yeah. But uh, that's the, the sound that I was going for at that point was not, shall we say, maybe as um, pure in the, in the vocal or classical realm as what I've been doing now. I mean, um, it was very much a, a pop sound. Yes, it, it certainly demonstrated my, my vocal abilities but the the tone that people know me as now certainly as the former singing soldier and anthem guy and you know music theater and all the rest of it 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 was a bit of um cross contamination shall we say between what people would see me at when i was at your canada center or something like that and then they'd look at their listen to the album and say well that doesn't really sound like you well it was a it was a pop album specifically and so it was meant to sound a certain way so even though the lyrics were inspirational motivational and this and that the voice didn't have the same sort of purest nuance as what i would have liked to have had now that i'm sort of looking back on it you know years later so that's why now i'm trying to look forward to uh sort of capitalize upon good music and and ideas that will certainly um articulate what i sound like and and highlight the 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 nuance of of my voice what i can do my range my emotion my soul my tone everything that's happened since certain events in my life mm -hmm. and just try to still put out good music but stuff that i want to listen to as well and uh and not just what i think is going to be you know well it's going to be the best seller certainly at the end of the day this is how we have to to keep ourselves going but I want to be able to stand by this uh, release as well and say I'm proud of what this was, and it is a representation of myself and everything, culmination of you know what I've worked for in the last you know essentially 20 years of my life since I've been doing this. So yeah, I feel that honesty in the messages is a is a big winner when it comes to me personally. When I listen to music, like I like all sorts of music, but I like music <laughs> that I can I can relate to based on its honesty through emo emotion and honesty. And the words don't really make, they don't really enter there for some reason. Like, right. you know, I've, I've said this before, but if someone can write words that mean more than one thing or, or you can relate to, and they're so simplistic, like I'm a huge Neil Finn fan, um, Crowded House, Split oh, Ends, okay. 
And when yes. he writes words, he writes words, a lot of metaphorical stuff, like for houses and, you know, things like this. And you think, well, that makes sense to me. And he's singing about really, if you just break down the words, he's singing about nothing. But, mm -hmm. but the emotion and what's in the message, it, you know, it's funny because he's been asked, like, what do, you, what do you write about? Why are you writing about this? And he goes, well, I kind of like to keep it open, you know. So a lot of his stuff is stream of consciousness, just throwing it out there. And it hits on a level to me that's like so pure because it's so um, heartfelt. And also probably at the same time, it might mean something completely different to another person. Yeah. And so he doesn't sort of pigeonhole himself into what he, his message is going to be. And it's not, oh, it's definitely going to be this stuff. No, if you feel, you know, this way about it and it makes you love it and somebody else feels something completely different about it and makes it makes them love it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately the end state is being met. Yeah. And I think as a, as a songwriter, that is what you really need to think about is unless you are going for a, a concrete, you know, black and white spe uh, specificity in your uh, style and your lyrics and your genre and your expression, then don't box yourself in so that the wrong person who might be the right person for you for something uh, is going to either take offense or not understand it or say, oh, this, oh, I wouldn't like this because like, don't give anybody a reason to doubt you before you even walk through the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got to sell yourself, you know, like, Precisely. <clears throat> yeah. And when, so what's, what's the newer type of music you're writing now? What's that, what's that all about? Um, right now, I, I actually haven't even gotten to the point where I'm, I'm at the writing stage yet. I was waiting until a couple of different productions were finished and I could sort of clear my head before mm -hmm. I started back in, into, into a writing cycle. Right now I've, I've got, um, some poetry that I've done in the past and, uh, what I've been doing over the last few days is just sort of look, looking at, is there any uh, validity here? Is there any viability for maybe developing this into something in the future? And I'm going to be sitting down with my management and uh, we're going to be having some some long, hard uh, discussions about where we feel it's right to go and probably just uh, release uh, a single to begin with, test the waters, see how things are, because it's a, it's a brand new uh, adventure. And just say, well, is this the right um, is this the right direction? Because there's no point in, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket and then finding out that you know the market's closed. And you say, okay, well, mm -hmm. I'd like to keep something back and also not uh, not show my complete hand until I know for sure that that is where we want to go. And it's been a little while since I've been in the um, music artistic conscience of. Um, of Canada and and such and so it's sort of a, a a reintroduction and given everything that's gone on in my life since then and and what has happened since my retirement from the military and uh sort of the the end of the moniker of the singing soldier I'm still you know the Toronto rock guy and I'm being seen in more and more um film or, or theater productions and that sort of thing I need to make sure that that is represented in a not not directly into into the music but that that experience that exposure that sound that tone that emotion is all sort of cap uh captivated in what i'm doing so that it doesn't sound like i'm just sort of reinventing the wheel as, as such and putting out another you know 
um, another album that I had before that was good, but it's it's not necessarily dated, but it would just it, it wouldn't really be an honest representation of who I am now. Yeah. And uh, and certainly with time, your 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 life goals change, your your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations, and I just want to think about that. And and this is what it's it's been. And there's been a lot of other things going on that have have um, sadly taken up my time um, cr uh, creatively and all the rest of it, so that I haven't been able to focus on that. And that's what I didn't want to cheat myself or the artist itself, or sorry, the uh, the the artistry itself by just throwing something together and saying, well, that's, that's, that's good. And, uh, it's good enough. No, no, I'm not, it's, it's not going to be, you know, a, a 20 year sojourn to try to get a song out, but it's, it has to be the right song at the right moment. And I've been listening to uh, a number of submissions that have been sent to me and going through it and just seeing if I feel any of that. And if I do, then make a note of it and then go on. So that's, uh, that's sort of the, the journey for me right now is to, to figure out what, uh, what the path will be, how, how, how my uh, particular sound will blend with uh, what is, what is right. And, and just getting together with some incredibly talented musicians and putting out some great product. Yeah. You know, and as you get older, your priorities change a little bit when it comes to I mean, it's tough to say, but you got to pay the bills. That's the thing Absolutely. you got to do. You got to pay the bills. You got to do the work to pay the bills. And then at the same time, you want to focus 100% on what, like you're saying, focus 100% on that craft part of it. But unfortunately, as you get older, you kind of can't find that four hours of time or an hour of time. You know, I have kids and I, I write, I used to write 50 songs a year. Easy. Wow. One a week. I could probably do four a year, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and be okay with that. And I'm okay with that because I'm giving the four best songs that I could give to myself. Um, and when it comes to playing music and, and as me as a musician, I think for me, my seriousness into becoming Bon Jovi obviously is, is slowly but surely getting pushed away until somebody realizes that the new market is that 47 year old uh, gray haired dude. That's, that's the market to, to, to go hey. after. You never know, but you I, you just, you have to be realistic in your expectations. And also mm -hmm. as you get older, as your priorities change and, and, you know, and it's a funky thing, you know, like as you get older, you think there's a time in your life where, you know, between the age of 27 and 35, where you really got to get your shit together. If you don't get your shit together between that time, then you become that 27 perpetually. You ever mm -hmm. see? You ever know people like that? Like that happens. I I see many many of them, and uh, it's funny because now I'm outside of that uh, that realm as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a twenty something anymore, and and doing this, I'm I'm almost not a thirty something anymore. Mm -hmm. So you know, things life changes, and you do what you got to do. But yeah. uh, when you I'm still working in in the industry and in, in whatever ways and. You know, I, I go out and I see some of my, my friends and they're, they're, they're bar musicians and this and that. And they're, they're all, they're, they're playing covers. They're, they're, they're solid musicians and what they're doing, but it's, uh, you can sort of see the, the passion is gone and, yeah. and they're just, they're doing it because it, it became a job and slowly they start to only maybe do one show a month and then it's one show every couple of months and 
and eventually it just sort of fades out and it's not necessarily you know a bad thing because they're working in other ways and actually you know being able to to pay the bills but um something has been lost there and uh it's funny because a lot of people will come up and they'll say you know how do you still have that passion and that hope and what you're doing you know you've been you've been pushing for so long and doing this but then all of a sudden something will happen and we'll see your name in here and, and they'll say well that's why because i don't give up mm -hmm. i'm always looking to improve myself my my mantra has always been that there's always going to be people out there that are better than you at what you do so compete with yourself to be the best that you can be and then strive to be better the next time you'll never meet that but as long as you keep that as a mentality you'll never steer yourself wrong and yeah. i try i try to basically live that and um uh, personify that in everything i do am i a perfectionist yes am i perfect <clears throat> no um am i even close to it oh no and many people will tell me that as well <laughs> but i love what i do and when when i get the response that i do from people when i've i've done my performance and they are truly taken aback with what i've done and i've i've touched them well then that basically uh that that tells me why i'm doing what i am doing and why i love to perform in, in whatever facet it is and so i want to continue to put out material that is not just for myself, but is um, is honoring to those people and is uh, appropriate for them and something that is at their their level and that they ultimately are are a part of in in one way or another. So it's something it's 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 an appreciation certainly, but it 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 has to be something that is is the right thing for the right time and the right crowd. And I'm not playing to the, the teeny boppers anymore. I'm not playing to the, you know, the 20 somethings and maybe not, not even the, the 30 somethings anymore. I mean, as, as you mentioned, as we all get older, our, our lives change, our directions change, but the passion shouldn't. The passion should be that one salient thread that keeps us going. And it may be uh, that it, it takes on different forms and that it's, it's, it's root changes, but the passion itself for whatever it is, should remain the constant and so i want something that is worthy of my audience and yeah. that's why i'm taking the time to find something that is worthy of the people who have been um supporting me all throughout these years yeah when you say the the passion and the thread that carries you through that's kind of what this whole show is about. So when you, <laughs> when I hear, I've heard it twice in 150 episodes or 140 really? something episodes where someone explains exactly to me kind of what the basis of the podcast is about. It's like, you start here, you're here, and now you're here. And, and what's the same and what's different? And, you know, eloquently put, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Here's, here's the funny thing. I don't sew. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thread that I can use. Well, I had to put stuff on my uniform, but we had a tailor for that as well. So, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's like, it's, that's what, you know, that's kind of why I did the podcast is because I'm getting that's older great. and the people I know are getting older. And as we get older, our priorities change. And as our priorities so, change, so does our life goals and our reaches and how we want to express ourselves. But there's that one little thing in the right at the beginning of what made mm -hmm. you want to do what you wanted to do. And it's still there. And that's, okay. you know, 
That's a, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to end this off because I know, I, so. I, you know, after watching you perform, I know that you have that, you have that talent and that gift to, to project to people your emotion. So, uh, and I thank you for that. Well, it's, it's been a, it was a pleasure meeting you. I look forward to, to the future. Um, it, this has been such a joy to sit down with you today and, and just, and just talk. It's, uh, ultimately when you get musicians sitting together, sometimes you can gab for hours and hours, but at the end of the day, we're all working towards our own common thread and, uh, and let's just tie, tie, tie the knot off on that one. And, uh, and mm -hmm. just say, it's been, been a pleasure today, Simon. Thank you very much for having me on. And that was Scotty Newlands. Good chat. What are we, uh, we call that in the biz, you throw down some, uh, we call them truth bombs. I don't know what you, what you call them, but that's what I call them. There, uh, there's some, definitely some truth bombs throw down there, and definitely one for the one for the best of kind of thing, definitely. Thanks a lot so much for listening to the show, everybody. If you're new to the show, please don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash Go get a 30-day free trial. Don't forget, Amazon shoppers, to go shop on Amazon at appalock.ca slash amazon or appalock.ca slash us amazon so those are the two places that really help the show out tremendously i see people buy stuff and let's do a giveaway so whatever whoever whoever has the highest purchase or they think they have the highest purchase send me through the contact send me a picture of or through the facebook post send um send me a picture of your purchase and I will give you a free download. And if it's if your purchase is over $200, I will mail you a t-shirt. Okay, that sounds fair? Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Hey, please, also, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash support the show on a monthly basis. Cancel at any time. Ah, what do I got next week? I got a couple of buddies coming on next week. It's going to be fun. I'm getting close to, to the middle of the summer now. And uh, yeah. Uh, everything's been going good so we'll see y'all next week it's going to be a fun nice week for me hopefully not too busy hopefully not too busy for you thanks for coming back every week everybody and if you're new like i said thanks for coming check out the other shows you might like them all right have a good week bye